2: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. We're recapping Saturday's home win against Tarleton State. We're previewing Gardner-Webb next week, and we've got two great guests on today, Braden Sloan and the one and only Nick Cheatley as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. McKinney looks, sets it a pocket, throws, open receiver, touchdown! Colonels,
1: we're not done yet!
2: Our identity is we're going to press for 40 minutes, we're going to play
1: up-tempo, we're going to play with unbelievable passion, and then our brand is the most exciting 40 minutes in sports.
2: Welcome in. To an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest and best jerky around, you got to go to Righteous Felon. Uh, they've partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. You're going to use the code STOVE15, 15, S-T-O-V-E-1-5. 15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout at RighteousFelon.com. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined as I am every week by the one and only Captain Rhino, Ryan Jackson. How you doing,
1: man? I'm doing all right. Uh, good little Monday, so yeah, <laughs> can't complain.
2: It's been a, a solid couple of weeks for you guys. You had the week off. Um, <laughs> so a little bit more downtime than normal. And uh, then of course victory Monday and uh, and and celebrating the big win this weekend. It was not without a little bit of drama um, but you guys what's the deal? do you guys talk about this um, everybody else talks about it. Do you guys talk about how hey you can't just you can't just make it easy on everybody?
1: Uh, I mean we, we always play we always talk about playing a 60 minute game now if people start calling us the cardiac colonels or whatever <laughs> uh, I, I think, when you play good teams like we do in our schedules, you should expect good games each and every week, especially when we're a good team. Uh, I, I The games aren't supposed to be, be as thrilling as, as we want them to be. We, we kind of joke around and say it can never be easy for us. We yeah. always get everybody's best, which that's the target we put on our back, that we should get everybody's best. And, well, yeah, uh, and
2: you're playing more than 60 minutes. Uh, at least you did this week.
1: Sure <laughs> did. Sure did
2: now i have to i'm going to start with this um closing down at the end of the fourth quarter tarleton's driving uh there it's fourth and inches and they get called for false start they go back five yards run the kicker comes running out on the field and uh, lines up for the kick then captain rhino gets called Uh, i'm assuming it was for a uh, simulating the snap or whatever, whatever they call it. Delay a game is what the official penalty was. Yeah. You, you immediately went, What? I didn't see what do you think? Right. Um, all right. So first of all, did you do anything? And then second of all, exactly what went down?
1: Well, I feel like I should have a moment of honesty after we've won the game. Uh, there could have been one or two things said in the little scuffle thing, but I, I'm more mad that they, he was too scared. I flinched. And, uh, he kind of jumped a little bit, but I, I, we had done the simulated move calls, and people keep calling them simulated. It's not simulated when we don't know their snap cadence or they're on a clap cadence. You can't simulate a clap cadence. <laughs> but um, regardless, it, it was a, it was a moment of weakness, a little bit of a flinch. They were taking extremely too long, <laughs> and I'm thinking if we can get them to back up five more, that would e- easily be a harder field goal to make. Plus, with the wind kicking. Then I, and a lot of things went through my head, but I, I didn't mean for it to end up that way, and I really yeah. didn't mean to say anything. <laughs> well, they get the
2: five yards back. It's in fourth and inches. They go for it on fourth and inches. They get the first down, and then uh, ultimately they got basically an extra point opportunity and, uh, and goes wide left on the kick. Now, that side, by the way, the guy I'm sitting next to in the press box at the end of halftime, he says, "I don't know if they meant to do this." He said, "But both uh, the kicker, uh, both kickers, whoever was kicking at the time, hit the left upright, kicking that direction, uh, right as they went in, uh, getting ready for second half to start." I mm. said, "Well, that's interesting." And so, when they lined up for that kick, I looked at him and I said, "Hey, if he goes, if he hits the left upright, your scouting report was right." And he went wide left. And I said, "My goodness, how about wow. that?" It was breezy <laughs> down there, though. How? I mean. Really? You could only tell from where I was sitting. You could see the officials' pants and, and mm-hmm. shirts, you know, and of course the flags on the field goal post. How, how windy was
1: it? Yeah, the, the wind was ridiculous. It was, it was definitely punching. It was cold, too. That was probably mm-hmm. the worst part. It was a cold one, but it, it would really move you if you weren't paying attention.
2: Hmm. And of course, the kickers, uh, uh, Patrick missed one uh, in this game as well and uh, not, it's not the ideal situation for a kicker with that win. And in that case, kicking into the win, mm-hmm. uh, plus a little bit of a swirl, it looked like, to, uh, and Patrick has talked about that in the past, how in Roy Kidd, it kind of uh, it, it, it plays plays tricks with you a little bit on right. what it's doing as yeah. well. So, But it's because of the win. Had you not won, I wouldn't have brought up the, the penalty. Uh, <laughs> well, I would have, just off camera. Uh, right. But <laughs> uh, what you guys get the win, a thrilling overtime victory um, we've got Nick Cheely coming on the game. Nick was actually a hero uh, of the game after almost being the, the goat, the negative goat of the game, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Coach talked about this after the game as well. He said, you know, Nick got beat on that touchdown and came right back, he didn't put his head down, he didn't pout. He came right back and made a huge play, which got the tip, which was then intercepted by Logan and uh, and which set up the offense for the game-winning uh, touchdown and uh, so we got Nick coming on in a, in a little bit. We'll talk with him about what he saw and how it felt uh, and everything like that as well. Logan Blake, listen, he UAC defensive player of the week, fifteen tackles. Um, I the kid just doesn't stop tackling people. He's
1: a machine out there. He he's all over the field and. Him and Nick both—they do a very good job of doing this. They play each play like a life of its own. Each play is the next play. Even, even if you have a bad play the first one, the next play has to be the better one. And I, I think that's the thing that him and Nick both do very well, especially Logan. Especially, he's a tackling machine. He's all over the field, sideline to sideline. If it's in between the gaps, he's he's filling. It, it, he's a he's a great player to play next to, mm-hmm. and it, it's just a different energy on the field when he's out there.
2: It makes you wonder how Logan got overlooked um, Mm -hmm. to this point in his career. He played – was it D3 or NAIA? I think it was D3, right?
1: Uh, I believe it was – I think it was NAIA.
2: Okay. Yeah, and he comes from that um, to D1, makes the jump, and it looks like he's belonged here the entire time. Now, we didn't know him you know, back before then. He did talk about he's put weight on and things like that Mm -hmm. in college, but – I mean the kid belongs there's there's no doubt about that he yeah, belongs he, where he's at,
1: yeah, he has the absolute right attitude to be playing football, the right attitude to be playing the spot he's in at linebacker. he has a cool, calm, collected personality and it's just he's a guy who's come in and worked hmm. everywhere he's been, not just here. it's just it showcased more that he's on the d one level now yeah he he's always been a d one player at heart. It's just he finally gets the opportunity to play up here.
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking I didn't I didn't put in the research today, but I was thinking about this today where you've got so many guys on the team that have been uh, developed through the program or brought in, whether it be uh, from Coach Wells or the staff before, and uh, just developed, and there's a lot of guys like that on the team. But every year in in Coach Wells's years, there's always been at least one key contributor that gets brought in uh, through the transfer portal. And it seems like it's at that linebacker position every year. And I'm, I'm interested next time we get coach Wells on, I would like to talk to him about that a little bit, uh, or maybe we need to talk about more of the recruiting aspect, the assistants that recruited it. But uh, I'm intrigued by that because you see these impact middle linebackers or inside linebackers that come in uh, the last two years, for sure. I'm trying to remember back before that, but um and, you know, they come in from the transfer portal and they play this huge role on defense mm-hmm. while at the same time being surrounded by guys who have been developed. So you see that balance in the program from Coach Wells and the staff uh, being able to plug and play some guys as well as develop guys.
1: All right. No, I, I agree. And I, I think we've had some heck of a linebackers. Kyle Bailey's the one that comes off the top of my head yeah. from Western Kentucky. And then this time last year, Chase Laster was a big ad for us. It, yeah. It's just that position is somewhere where we're developing people, but we keep filling it with guys that can play. And we keep yeah. filling it with guys that help our team it's in the long run. They help our team, whether it's with their attitudes or their ability or just how they come in and work. That's literally how I've described all three of those guys before. They're a bunch of work workloads, and they've yeah. – They've brought in and they've made they've held the standard and increased it every week.
2: Yeah, and having Harrod back is is a, a big addition or re, mm-hmm. or re I don't know if addition is not the right word for it, but now that he's back from injury as well, playing uh, that helps that rotational linebackers mm-hmm. as well. Um, and he got a whole bunch of snaps yesterday. Also, um, we got to see. I don't know. So here's a question for you. Um, and this is going to sound negative, Brian. You know me. I don't mean it this way. Uh, but I don't know if I can word it away that doesn't sound negative. It seemed like this past week, and the last couple of weeks, the front seven has been so solid. The run game has been solid. Pass rush has been solid. It seemed like this week maybe there was a little bit of sacrifice in that aspect to kind of help with the, the coverage aspect of the defense mm-hmm. as well. And I'm not asking you to tell us what changed, if anything changed, anything like that. But I don't know. Th- does that make sense when I say it that way? Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like from where I was sitting.
1: Yeah, you're saying if you're starting to ask if we did anything schematically different to where we boosted the back end a little bit more than our front seven. Yeah, and there's not a clear, easy answer for that. I, I think our front seven just we came out a little slow, we came out a little flat, and they they run this slow man offense on the slow mesh day. It, it was just it was one of those days where the stars didn't align for all of us yeah and it was, it was just a slow gray mesh day and they were on this slow pace offense. It, they they use that to their advantage though it it, it mm-hmm. is hard on the front seven when they run a slow mesh offense it's easier on the back end though because yeah. you can read everything right there so yeah. it i wouldn't say it's more of what we did it's more of how they played us to where that helped out but our secondary came to play yeah, And I, I think Mike Smith did his thing. Nick Cheely did his thing. Jordan Thomas stepped in re- really big when uh, Frankie West went down. I yeah. I think it was just our secondary finally starting to come along. Our our front seven came out slow, and that won't happen again.
2: Yeah, Jordan started the game, um, mm-hmm. and then Frankie got hurt. And uh, we saw Tony Davis a little bit in there. Of course, Benbury's still in there as well. We saw a, a few different guys in there, and you're right. They came to play. And they played well. I noticed for the first time, and maybe it's just because I paid more attention, uh, the number of double teams you were taking on uh, has that has that been all season, or is that was that kind of uh, new? To- uh, I
1: wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's new. It, it was just more abundant in this
2: game. Yep.
1: I, I wouldn't say is I've always gotten double teamed even since last year. That's just the position I'm in. Sure, they they have to double team the nose guard, or I'll make plenty of plays. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. it. it it's one of those things, and I've, I've proven that I'm a dangerous player out there. I feel like I've earned the respect of a double team. Now I gotta, I gotta get off of those, and I gotta make some more plays for my team. But that people know I'm, I'm gonna get a double team. People know I'm gonna get those blocks, but I expect that, and I I need to be able to fight through those a little bit better.
2: Well, we saw the D line played uh, overall well. There was a couple big runs uh, that that spurted out, especially later in the game. Um, but I put out a tweet middle of the game. I said, it, you know, if I wasn't already, uh, the Jeremiah Bailey wagon, like, I'm on. Uh, <laughs> the kid, he just continues. It's not just, you know, he's – it seemed like a few weeks back, he started out as the, the pass rush package, mm-hmm. and now we're starting to see him get more snaps, more regular snaps as well. And uh, he, he's made a couple of nice plays against the run. Of course, that helps when you're filling up the middle. It helps when uh, D-Bake's out there doing his thing or, or Marvion and all those – Everybody's making plays. It's not just mm-hmm. not just Jeremiah, and and it's helping him because you guys are making plays too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just put it out there like this kid is he's,
1: he's earning his
2: reps. There's no doubt about that.
1: All right. I told y'all from the start I'm a Jeremiah Bailey fan. It, yeah. His energy, it's his energy and his passion for the game that is unmatched. Yeah. Like Coach Wells said it today in our uh, team meeting. He plays like every play is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Out there, he's like I'm not saying Roy Kidd's not the Super Bowl, but <laughs> he's out there playing like it, the. But that's, that's how you should play the game. That's how that's right. what the energy should bring to the game. And it's great that a young guy can do that for us. That yeah. Jeremiah is only really into his second season, and he's proven that he can play with the rest of us. Right. He's proven that hard work pays off. And I, it, it's great to see him keep going because, like I said, I've known him since he was a kid. Yikes. <laughs> so just to be on the field with him is honestly exciting for me. And then he makes a play. I mean, he needs to stop doing all the stupid stuff by taking his helmet off and almost getting us a <laughs> 15-yard penalty. But he'll learn. He'll learn. And ah, those kids. Those thing. young kids. He's growing. He's still yeah. growing. Like, this is not the ceiling for Jeremiah.
2: Offensively, uh, first question I asked Coach Wells in the press conference. How much time are you going to pre- spend in practice on Parker sliding? Parker took a hit at the goal line trying to score. Uh, I mean, he got walloped, and there was a couple times where he took some hits that that maybe he didn't have to take. But it's again, it's a it's it's just showing what Parker does and his desire to win and his desire to score.
1: That boy is tough as nails, and you can't tell him that he can't make a play. (laughs) That's that's the one thing you can't do. Like you are gonna tell him to slide if he thinks he can make the play. Thinks he can make the play. If he thinks he can score, he legitimately thinks he can score every time. And I, that's the best and worst thing about him because the brother does need to slide a lot more. We tell him every time, if we was out there, he'd be dead. <laughs> but he does that little goofy running, and it gets people baited. So he keep yeah. going for all I care. I, just, I, I wish he would protect himself a little bit more.
2: Sure. Well, Parker had a big game on offense, 104 yards rushing, uh, and the the touchdown at the an overtime to win the game. Uh, he also threw the ball 190 yards for a touchdown. Uh, he started off rough, and I think it was the wind. Uh, his uh, completion percentage was really bad early in the game, but he brought it back around. Uh, he finished over 50%, uh, almost 60% of uh, completion percentage as well. But even with all of that, he wasn't the best offensive player on the field, and the UAC decided to tell us that as well. And that brings us to our first guest of the night, Ryan. Uh, he is uh, the guy who just ran for 122 yards, three touchdowns, and as well as receiving the ball for 40 yards and a touchdown. The UAC Offensive Player of the Week, the one and only Braden Sloan. What's up, B. Sloan? What's up, y'all?
0: What's up, y'all?
2: <laughs> Man, how you feeling today after that uh, heavy workload on Saturday?
3: You know, I'm feeling good. Yesterday a little, little sore, a little banged up, got a little rest in, and then, Today, coming back with our meetings and our little team run and stuff, just just getting back, getting back, trying to get close to 100% as I can.
2: Well, I asked you this after the game in the press conference, but not everybody that's watching or listening now was there for that. So uh, you set a career record for most carries in a game, at least in college, uh, 24 carries on the day. You also had five catches. You caught all five of your uh, targets as well. Um and I you know I said it too. You it looked like you were seeing seeing the holes well yesterday. So gotta just talk through generally speaking what you were seeing and how you were feeling coming in and throughout that game.
3: Yeah, like I was saying, um the other day when we had we had talked uh the old lines just getting to their spots and hitting their targets and and getting to what it needed to be, you know. Like I said, it makes my job a lot a lot easier, you know, going into the game. Um didn't really do nothing different, but I just felt like I was in a little different zone even to just start the game. And and it, I guess it showed kind of as we, as we went along.
2: When I was doing the research for my prediction article last week, one of the things that I really felt like was the run game had an opportunity to get going against Tarleton State. When you were preparing for the game in the week ahead, did you guys see things that uh, that look like, hey, this is a real opportunity for us to get things rolling? um
3: you know I don't think it was as far as just the week as as much as just we need to get the run game going you know like past couple of years we haven't been I'm gonna say the best at, at, at running the ball you know we rely more on the pass but it's just it's real big to get the get the run game going and going into last week I mean to to sit statistically they was real real good at stopping the run really their defense was was real real uh solid and, and we kind of as far as running the ball, passing the ball, we kind of debunked a little bit of their, their success that they was
2: having. Now, last week, Josh had the big game, right? 20 carries, or last game, 20 yeah. carries, 140 yards uh, and a touchdown. Um, and you and Josh have seemed to be a great pair. Uh, and they've had games. I mean, Josh had 70 yards Saturday. Um, games where both of you have had, had good games. Um, but you guys just kind of trade off who is gonna have the bigger game and uh, and you guys are different styles of runners. Talk a little bit about the running back room specifically with you and Josh.
3: Uh, you know, just with the whole with the whole room we all bring we all bring something different and and switch it up on defenses. You know what I mean, it's almost like we're going back and forth each week, so I don't know if teams are preparing for one guy and then the other guy, you know what I'm saying, is having, having the success, but you Know that's just a, a big thing that, that I feel like we as a as a room bring to the table that we can run the ball, we can catch it out of the backfield and, and make plays whenever our numbers call. Uh
2: Braden uh Latham, he got a couple snaps uh yeah. this week as well. Um, and so that's just adds a little bit of depth to to what can be done out there. I know we've seen three guys before a couple years back. Uh I guess probably your freshman year, there were three guys kind of going. Um, so, I mean, are we going to see more of that or, or, I And mean, you don't have to tell us the specifics behind it, but are we going to continue to see more uh, things kind of get passed around a little bit more?
3: Yeah, I, I feel like you will, as far as, uh, with Bray, and he just came in just a freshman still trying to learn to play a book and get his techniques and everything down. But, um, he's, he's one, one guy when he had first got here, I said, he's going to be special from, from the start. You know, he's, he's real fast, real quick. It's just uh, like I said. Just when he when he learns the playbook and he gets everything down, he's gonna be
2: he's gonna be real special.
1: Rhonda, what you got for B Sloane? Uh, B, I gotta ask how how does it feel representing the home state when you play
3: football? Uh, it's it's awesome. You know, just especially just all the love at like, like the home games and stuff. You know, I'm trying to get tickets from people. I'm trying to get 30, 40 tickets. Everybody wants to come. You know, what I'm saying about an hour and a half drive, just come up here and, and, and watch me play and like to have the success that we're having as a team and, and personally you know it's just it's just a a real blessing to to be able to you know put on for the for the hometown because you know there's not a lot going on where I'm from but just to, just to show kids and people that that just is possible you know it's a, a real great feeling
2: yeah from Fraser Kentucky Wayne County High School um were the 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 road trips to Kentucky and Cincinnati was that nice to uh, just being closer for more family and friends to come to this year
3: yeah, definitely. The Cincinnati game, I didn't have too many people but a couple of people had came, but that Kentucky game, I I had I was getting messages all week. I was getting even in the summertime when I would go back home everybody was like, "Oh, we're going to be at the Kentucky game. We're really excited for the Kentucky game." So, um when we got up there, my dad somehow he had got like probably about 30, 40 tickets for people in the section and stuff and then as long as people as well as people that uh normally go to Kentucky games uh, uh regularly you know they was there as well from from back home, and they was texting me and everything. Just real really excited that you know that I got to play there and, and got to uh, they got to watch me watch me play there.
2: Now you scored four touchdowns Saturday. Um, you had scored two touchdowns in games four times previously. I believe it's the first time for a third touchdown and definitely the first time for a fourth touchdown. Again, at least in college uh, as well. Uh, is there ever a point in a game where you know we've seen it, Ezekiel Elliott was famous for this a couple years back, you know, feed me. Um, I know you're not going to say that necessarily, uh, but at the same time, is there ever a moment where you're just like, yeah, I might as well go for five or six? Yeah, there was a
3: there was a time in the game I was like, at Ronald actually in the, at, at halftime he he looked at me said, man, go score every time you get the ball, and you know that's just there was a point I was like, let me just go try to score score every time. I um, think the the first two, um, one came with well, well, one yard run. So somebody had somebody else had set that up for me. And you know, I just I just got to be lucky enough to to punch it in for the team. Um Parker on um, Parker's big run was one of them. Yeah. And then um the other ones, you know, just um being able to get the ball out of the backfield on that catch and make a couple guys miss and get in there. That was that was real big. Um and then the last one uh, right there in the overtime, the the old line. I told him I was like um I was stopped about the five yard line and they all had came and pushed me in. That that was that was that was their touchdown on that one for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a true team effort, no doubt about yeah, that. Right, what, what else you got
1: right up? Uh you and Jado would be killing me with this. I, I don't know how do y'all how do y'all come up with all these celebrations and like how many do you bring into a game? like yeah. when I made all those plays at SEMA, I was running out. Of them. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: as far as, as me and Jado, you know, we're roommates. So, we, we've we been close since, since we had got here freshman year. And um, we always, before the games, were like, man, like, what are we going to hit this week? Like, like what are we going to do? Like, what are you going to do if you score? What am I going to do if we if I score? And then, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, together, like, trying to get the pictures and everything, roommates, this, that, and the third. Uh, usually, I, I try to carry two for every game just for, you know what I'm saying, just get that first one and then the second one just to have, just in case I get lucky enough to get in there twice. Uh, definitely didn't bring four of them. Uh, <laughs> I really, really brought one in and then ended up scoring four times on that fourth one right before uh, J-Do and, and Mo had came up to me and was like, if you get in there, you got we're going to hit this, whoop, whoop. So we had got in there and then they had came and got me. We ran to the camera and, and, and did the dance.
2: <laughs> I love it. Uh so next week how many are you bringing with you? Next week I might have
3: might have to bring bring a couple more, I might have to bring 4 or 5 next
2: week. <laughs> <laughs> uh next week you guys travel to Gardner Webb. Uh last year this was, of course the last game that you guys played against them, you only got 7 touches, uh 34 yards in that game. Uh you also had three catches in that game too. Uh is it even though it's a very different team than what you played last year? Is there a little bit of that just revenge factor uh, kind of built into this?
3: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's, it's a revenge factor, even though it's a it's always a, a, the next game mentality. You know, it's just um, it's important because it's the next game. But I feel like it does bring a little more knowing that that was the first round of the playoffs last year, the first time in eleven years we had been to the playoffs, and, and to get beat like at home in the playoffs, it's just real, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And this is kind of a something over the off season that we have kind of been. Working
1: towards and, and
2: couldn't wait to get back to him and, and, and see what we can do this year against
1: them. Anything else, Rhino? No, I'm all right. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Braden, I will tell you, heck of a game, heck of a season so far as well. It's not just not just yesterday. Uh, and again, you and Josh have really been paired up well, uh, keeping that run game going for EKU. I, it, when we have that balance, so I say we. When you all have that balance, when the run game is is moving. It's going to make everything, obviously, easier for everybody else. So it's an important part of the game. You guys have had it going the last several games as well. And uh, we're excited to see what you guys do against Gardner-Webb. Uh, I'd love to see you both, you and Josh, both bust 100 yards, get a couple touchdowns each. Maybe tell Parker, hey, let us take this one <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and go from there.
3: Right. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Uh, uh, like like you said, I hope we have come out this week and – hope everybody, I hope our receivers go for 100 yards, Parker throws for 1,000, and me and Josh run for 100 each and some touchdowns.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: congrats on the Offensive Player of the Week as well. Uh, just a, a phenomenal performance, four touchdowns, like I said already as well. So congrats to you, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. B. Uh, Sloan, Braden Sloan, running back, uh, Eastern Kentucky, of course there as well. Uh Ryan, we're going to go ahead and roll right into our next guest. He's here and ready to go so we'll get him on. Uh he may not get the publicity that some of his teammates get, but a major factor in the win on Saturday, uh it is the veteran, uh the one and only Nick Cheely joins the show now as well. Hey Nick, how you doing, man? Oh, we got you muted. still muted still muted (laughs) this is the great thing about live television uh see if he can find the unmute button and we'll work on this for sure all right while nick works on finding that we're going to take a quick break uh when we come back we'll talk to nick Matt Schaefer and IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. All right, we're back on the local hour presented by Righteous Felon Jerky, and we've got with us Nick Chili now on the show. Nick, man, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? i I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I want to start off with this because a uh, huge play in overtime. Um, you got the tip, the broken pass. It goes up in the air. Logan gets the interception. Uh, I see him congratulate you at the play as well, or at least a, a high five you, hug you, all that kind of stuff. And Coach Wells uh, spoke highly of your mindset coming in because before that play, uh, there was a tough play on, uh, for you. And then you came back, though, and just made the next play. Uh, so talk about the feeling of that, uh, uh, that tip once you saw Logan had the ball.
0: Uh, I, I'd say the feeling of relief was mainly on my mind because I I had a heavy heart trying not to uh, think so much on the four plays before where I had gave up the touchdown on my miscommunication and that's that starts with me. I'm not gonna blame that on anybody else. The the miscommunication came from me. I'm the veteran. I'm the safety of the group. I'm supposed to make sure that everybody in front of me their assignment stuff like that. But as far as me getting the tip and Logan coming over there and congratulating me after he got the interception. I feel like it's just relief because it, it just felt like a a big weight came off of my shoulders because it, even if I wouldn't even say if when we when we would have lost, I know all the all the blame would have been on me, but it takes more than just one play to put the blame on somebody, but down there in crunch time, we always we always talk about crunch time, bring them to the deep end of the pool and finish them and it just would have been, I felt like it would have been all on me, and that's, that's that. It's just a feeling of relief.
2: Talk about that role as a veteran on the team. Uh, you know, me and Ryan have talked about throughout this season uh, the idea of the transfer portal and guys, new guys coming in, but on top of that, there's a lot of young guys as well, and uh, and especially in that defensive backs. Uh, you got guys that came in that are new to the team this year, and you're the one that's carrying the culture back there. Mike, of course, was here last year too, and KJ was here last year too. But you got all these guys coming in new, and you got to carry in the culture and kind of lead the way. Um, is that a, a different role for you this year, or is that common what you've had in your career?
0: Uh, I would say it's pretty common to what I've had in my career because my my leadership role is lead by mainly example and lead in the shadows while everybody else. Is. They they tend to think leading is yelling, being the louder person, being like the biggest, stronger person. I pull people aside and tell them what they do wrong, and then when they when they do the when they do the right things, I don't look for the credit. I, I'm just happy for all my young guys and all the new guys that come in. I'm I'm not that much of a vocal leader, so I would just say my my leader role has been the same throughout my course uh, here at EKU. I'll be in the shadows, but I'll never leave anybody any one of my teammates out to dry. Uh, this year,
2: you know, obviously there's there's a lot of movement in that defensive backs uh, as far as rotation going on and guys coming in. You guys started off with a really tough game at Cincinnati. Um, really? We saw some early uh, mistakes, miscommunications uh, back there. Then, of course, a really tough game against Kentucky where you guys played well. Um, now you're into the heart of it. Uh, Gardner-Webb's not a conference game, but you're into the heart of conference season and all that kind of stuff too. Um, how do you think that the early – um, uh, uh, tasks that you guys had with Cincinnati and Kentucky have helped and, and prepared you to help grow the, the unit to where you guys are now?
0: I would say it helped us shape who we are today because, you know, early in the season, you get bumps in the road and then you you find a way to try and fix it. And our way of fixing it was just practicing more of what, what hurt me came to us that we didn't expect. And we just took it from there.
2: Uh, talk about your coaching staff a little bit, especially the guys back there. Uh, um, Dietzel is your main coach, correct? Yes. That guy has so much experience. I mean, he's been everywhere. Uh, professionally, college, he's done it all, right? Um, I, I enjoy watching him. I enjoy listening to him when, at practices and things like that, too. Uh, what has Dietzel taught you in the time that
0: he's been here? I feel Dietzel has taught me mostly more on – the little details of becoming like a defined defensive back because before he came, I was just going through the motions, didn't really know where I fit in. And he came, we may bump heads a little bit, but at the, at the end of the day, I still respect him as a coach, as a, as a figure of, of leader, a leader figure. He just taught me like the little things, how to stay balanced throughout the balls of my feet, all the way up to the head on my shoulders. Looking, at, looking at uh, man details and looking at the little details in in zone coverage. It just, it just helps me. It helped me a lot. And he he also he also said that I'm a different player from last year, taking in all the details and just letting them play.
2: Rana, you sh- shake your head in agreement. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this with 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 just generalized talking about players stepping up, growing, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you got questions for Nick, go ahead. But what do you want to say about Nick as well? Because I know you're you're a fan of Nick's as
1: well. Um, I'm one, if nobody else is a Nick Chilly fan, I'm one of the biggest cheese fans around. Uh, Nick, me and him got not got here at the same time. He got here a year before me, but we've grown this whole time together. I've seen him change. His attitude has changed. His mindset has changed. This is the most locked in I've ever seen Nick. And I'm happy that it's his time. And it might be my I might be the captain of the defense, but this is honestly one of his defenses. Nick has been here the longest. He's put in the most work. He's grinded the hardest. He's been probably through the most. Hmm. Had to had to play a backup role. Had to sit the bench when he probably shouldn't have. And it's finally his turn. And he finally gets to show off all the great things he's been hiding back there, all the mentorships, all the leaderships he's been through it. I, I really do appreciate having Nick on the team. But I am here to ask the more important questions. You know, being a big guy, uh, and you're from North Carolina, since we're heading that direction. Uh, yeah. My And this is personal, personal. What's some of the best food spots around it? I would have to say some of the best food
0: spots would be American Deli because it's in the South or you could go to Bojangles, or it's it's this thing in North Carolina called uh, the Dankery. The Dankery, it gives you some of the most unique food options that you can, that, that you'll get out there. Like when I go home, I usually, I usually get like a loaded fry. Like this ain't your normal loaded fry with like little bits, cheese and stuff like that. This is steak, shrimp, queso fries with some big chicken tenders that you can put multiple sauces on them. And then they, they come with like, uh, a long list of desserts, but the only downfall about the bakery is you will spend about twenty five dollars. I ain't gonna lie to you, but if you if you don't want to spend that much, you can't go wrong with American Deli
1: or Bojangle since it's
0: Southern style food. All
1: right, put in for twelve.
2: I, I think I know where Coach Ron's eating this weekend. Right? <laughs> 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 that <laughs> sounds
0: phenomenal. Right. three of them, you can't go wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Now I remember my first time in in the Carolinas Bojangles. You know, I was told you got to go, and and uh, it's it's well worth it. Of course we have them here now, but uh, yes, uh, I'm a big Bojangles fan myself. Uh, but that sounds man, the fries sound incredible. Uh, I might I got a 20th wedding anniversary coming up in a couple of years. I might have to take a trip to North Carolina just for
0: that. <laughs> Bye all. Um. Go ahead. There's is one located in Raleigh. One located in uh uh what's that Durham. Mm. It, he's only got two spots right now, but I promise you, it's worth your it while. There you go. I love it.
2: I love it, Rhino. What else you got for Nick?
0: Um,
1: how how does it feel being like one of the one of the survivors from the 2020 class, uh, 2020 whenever y'all got 2019 class when y'all got here? 2019.
0: I, I, I say being like. One of the last few 2019, it's, i say it's a surreal feeling. Most people don't ever get it, get this far. It's like a small chance you'll get this far when it comes to injuries. Uh, we was blessed with the COVID year and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a blessing in disguise, basically. Getting to see all these new, these new young kids come in, get to mentor them. It's just yeah, like I just said, it's just surreal. I can't, I can't really find the words to describe. It.
2: What? Um. So you came in under the other coaching staff, correct? Yeah, Coach Elder. So what? Um. What kept you at EKU?
0: Mm what kept me was my relationship with uh, Coach Morrison. I I have to be honest, my relationship with Coach Morrison, he was the one that recruited me from North Carolina. He was the one always coming to check up on me, always messaging me. And when he was on the staff with this new staff, that's what really kept me here. And then when he when he and the team parted ways, he went to Marshall, I, I, I was struggling trying to find, like, that new connection to why I'm here. Like, but – as far as transitioning from one year to the next a lot of coaches started to understand me understand my mindset understand my personality and that's when the connection came and it just it just felt like brand new again i love it
2: yeah i, I always wonder you know especially nowadays and even even back in 2019 2020 it was just starting to come around the transfer portal and the the active activity that goes with it I'm always curious of, of, especially in the the situation of coaching changes, of what keeps guys around. Um, you know, there's at some levels guys wouldn't have too many other opportunities, but at this level, you guys do, and uh, and I'm always intrigued by that as well, and uh, and to see where it comes through. And now you're coming up. Um, you're you're listed as a redshirt junior this year. Um, of course, that's through the COVID years and all that kind of stuff too. So, do you still have a, another
0: year of eligibility or a couple of years of eligibility? I, I still have yeah. well, four year as ability. Really, my my next year is gonna be uh my senior year, my redshirt year plus the cover year. So that'll be year six for me.
2: Okay. Man, hard to believe, right? Ryan. Man. <laughs> hard to believe. Uh Nick, tell us about somebody in the defensive back room that maybe we don't know about yet, but that hey, he's gonna he's gonna be it someday.
0: I'd have to say Tariq Henderson. I know he he was picked on the first two games, but as far as his work ethic, his craft, and stuff like that, I feel like he's gonna develop into like one of the big name players for this program one day. Season in, season in the injury got up to him, but I feel like that's not gonna stop him. The dog in him, the the, the determination in him, is not gonna hold him down, and he has he has a lot to express for himself. After the second game where he injured his shoulder and he didn't play well, they kept targeting after him. I I walked up to him and just knocked some sense into him. I, I gave him a speech, told him that I expect more. From him. He should expect more from me because not too many people know who you are and what you're capable of. But I know and I believe in you. That's just like that brother aspect. Even though he's older than me, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna look after him as my like my little brother because of the experience I've had with this program, like, it's just the, it's just a mutual understanding that we, we need both. We need more from each other so we can both shine.
2: Man, I'm glad I asked that question. Um, Cause he is a guy that got picked on and yeah. he was a guy that got called out by some people as well. And, uh, and that's great to hear. And I'm, it's great to hear that you got his back uh, as well. I wouldn't have doubted that, but, um, but to hear that as well as is encouraging and hopefully the best for him as he recovers and gets back on the field uh, next season. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Nick, uh, I'm excited to have you back on. You are going back close to home. Uh, Did you have any connection with Gardner-Webb in high school or anything like that?
0: Mm, I had a connection with them, but I didn't necessarily – they're not necessarily there no more. They all parted ways. But a funny story is my first year here, I had had a defensive back coach, Coach uh, Reardon. He's, he's now the uh, defensive coordinator over there at garden webb I didn't get to – I didn't get to speak to him last year because of all the mixed emotions of a, it being our last game. And I wanted to just be by my family after the last drive, after the last whistle blew. But I haven't really came in contact with him. But I feel like it'll be a good battle. And then after we – I'll probably see him after and just chop it up like, like, like I always do.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, Rhino, anything else for Nick? No, nah, nah, I ain't got nothing else other than, like I said, if nobody else is a Nick Chealy fan, I am. Keep going, bro. People are watching. People are proud of you. I, tr- I promise you that.
2: Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. We do appreciate you. We're excited for you. looking forward to what the rest of the year holds.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: You're welcome. That's Nick Chealy, defensive back, EKU. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to preview what's ahead at Gardner-Webb. Does the exterior of your home need a facelift? All Around Roofing has you covered. All Around Roofing is a locally owned company servicing Madison County and all of Central Kentucky. From roof repairs and replacements to gutters, siding, windows, soffits, chimney flashings, and more. All Around Roofing provides quality work and friendly service that will leave your house looking great. Call today day, 859-489-5179 to get a free quote. That's 859-489-5179. We can handle your all-around exterior needs and all-around roofing. Welcome back to the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Again, if you go to RighteousFelon.com, you can use the code STOVE15. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. You won't regret it. Uh, Ryan, I, I really enjoyed that, man. Uh, Nick was a lot of fun to talk to. I know you've, you've talked about Nick throughout the year and, in conversations that we've had as well. And of course, Braden as well, both of them, a lot of fun, a lot of fun there and a lot of respect for Nick, um, as well. And I try to think about those guys that have been around for a while and make sure they know that, Hey, we appreciate it as fans. Right. We appreciate guys that stick around and are part of the program. And he could have left, um, especially at, you know, especially after his, his connection to EKU was gone. Um, it would have been easy enough for him to go, but he stuck it out. He continues to work hard and give his all for the colonels. And uh, we really appreciate that for sure. Let's get into Gardner Webb, though. You guys will travel there this week. Now, I said it earlier in the in the episode: this is not the Gardner Webb you guys faced last year. Right. Uh quarterback is gone. Uh, the team has not had the success that they had last year as well. They're two and four. Coming into this week, uh, they have their wins over Elon and Robert Morris, losses over Appalachian State, Tennessee State, East Carolina, and Austin P. just laid it on them last week as well. In their four losses, there's a 91-point uh, scoring differential. They've been outscored by 91 points in those mm-hmm. games. Uh, of course, they were outscored by 40-something last week, so that, that's half of it right there. Um, they got a new quarterback. You talked about this just before we came on air Matthew Caldwell uh, injured. Jalen King, uh, freshman, is now at quarterback, played last week. Uh, he played a little bit before, but he played the whole game last week. But they really are a balanced offense. At least they have been up to this point in the year as far as number of attempts of passes and rushes. They've been pretty well balanced. Jaden Brown seems to be the guy that you guys have to watch out for. he uh, Runs the ball. He's a running back, but he's got seven touchdowns on the year, three of them rushing, four of them receiving uh as well and so when you look at at, at Gardner Webb coming into this game I'm allowed to say it because I'm a fan you guys should kick their butts but you're not allowed to say that next game one quarter at a time one play at a time all that good junk um but uh what when you are looking at this team Jaden Brown obviously is a threat uh what are you seeing what are you seeing about what you guys get ready to face
1: uh, they're a super super athletic elite elite athletic team They're running backs both fast we played uh Played one of them last year, but apparently yeah. now he he's not even the main back that they have. So the quarterback, we watched a couple clips on him today. He can absolutely fly. But this is one of those games. It doesn't matter what their schedule is. Does not matter what their record is. It does not matter who's even back there. Hmm. Gardner Webb is the only team circled <laughs> for this <laughs> week, <laughs> and uh, we can't wait to get our hands on them. Uh, I think I think they have a dynamic offense. I think it's play. They play fast. They play. Uh, they're not as physical as I would you would assume, but they they do move. They do move a lot. They come out with a bunch of different formations. They're a good solid team. They have a great defense, a great defensive front. But uh, they'll definitely put us to the test. And uh, like it always is, a cardiac kernel game, sixty minute game. But I, I I think this is one we all really want. Yeah. Even if you've been here or haven't been here, it's one. You can tell that it's a little bit more intense around the building.
2: Yeah, I, you've mentioned it before. It's been talked about, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's been talked about uh, mm-hmm. since since summer or since spring camp, whatever it was. Um, Gardner Webb, you know, it was it was a tough way to end the year, I'm sure, for you guys last year against them, and and to get that revenge on them. You mentioned the defense; they got only two interceptions, four forced fumble. They have 16 sacks though. So you mentioned their front. Um, They get after the quarterback, and by the way, we haven't mentioned this uh, in this program yet, but on Saturday, the O-line for EKU did a phenomenal job. There was some pressure late in the game, but the first three quarters especially, it looked like Parker had all day to do whatever he wanted to do out there, Um, but they'll have their hands full this week against Gardner-Webb. There's no doubt about that, too. You mentioned Nari Gaither, the other running back. Um, He's had a long run of 52 yards. The quarterback, Jalen King, has a long run of 56 yards. So, you know, they are not something you can, as much as I think you guys should kick their butts this week. I, I'm not saying that, that, that uh, it's going to be easy at the same time. Uh, I would never disrespect anybody like that till after, after the game. But um <laughs> <laughs> I don't poke the bear. I don't ever poke the bear. Uh, so, so I'll just I'll hold off on that. But nonetheless, it won't be my fault. That's all I'm saying um, <laughs> at the end of the day. But no, this this is going to be a fun a fun matchup. Uh, of course, on the road. Have you
1: have you been there before? I've never been there.
2: Okay. Um, and so, of course, last last year you guys hosted them in the playoffs mm-hmm. as well. But uh, I've known of Gardner Webb my whole life because I have friends that are down in that area and i've actually driven past there a couple of times just when i at a previous place that i worked uh we'd go to Shelby on a regular basis and be near near there but anyways um yeah it's going to be fun i'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, you know we mentioned it with braden him and josh they've just been going back and forth between 120 140 yards <laughs> i mean it's just non-stop and and you know braden said something interesting when he said i don't know maybe they're just watching tape on one guy preparing for one guy and it makes me wonder are teams watching just the last game and if they just watched the last game then they saw Josh go off Josh. they just watched the last game they saw Braden go off I, I doubt that's the case but nonetheless um, that was an interesting statement I thought by Braden as well but they have been back and forth between the two of them and I know that you guys uh, I'm assume you would never say that you weren't confident to begin with but I'm sure the way that Josh and Braden have been running just builds that confidence in what the offense can do
1: Oh yeah, we're we're under the impression we think our offense can score every single play, every single drive, which that's obviously not the case every time, but I have uber confidence, especially in our running game, for these past couple weeks. Our O line has hit their spots. They've they've really given it to us in practice too. I, I they've, they've started working well together as a unit. And it's the same it's the beautiful thing about it, it's the same five guys. The same right. five guys. Coming out there each and every week, and they've gotten better each and every week. And I, I think John Stone's really the the helm of it. He's he's made sure they've all gotten it ramped up. Josiah and Peyton are two athletic, really built tackles that we got. Bun and my roommate VT they they both been solid. I, I, I think they're just now starting to hit their stride. And this, like I said, with Jeremiah's potential, this is not the the ceiling for our O line. They're still right. they're still young. They still haven't played too many games together. But they're starting, they're starting to get it. And I think that's the that's the scary thing about our uh our team that's coming up. I, I think it's gonna be hard pressed for for some people. But to for a couple questions back to answer Braden, uh you scout everybody that has a carry. Yeah. Whether they overperform, underperform, like for this week, we have the two running backs that are two really solid running backs. The one played against us last year, had a career day. And the one that's starting over him now is apparently really good. Mm -hmm. So you you have to account for everybody that carries the ball. You have to know what each one of them are good at. Like last week for Tarlington, they had two running backs that were both real patient runners. Yeah. So you had to know about both of them. One's more explosive than the other. You can't tell which, obviously, from (laughs) watching our game. But it's just running backs give you different things. So you need to know all anybody that's going to get the ball. You need to know
2: you mentioned patience by the running backs last week. Number four, uh, he he would get the handoff and he would stand. He wouldn't even run. He would stand or maybe he'd move his feet a little bit and just look. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, he'd take off. And I was sitting there going, I understood what he was doing. But I was, you don't get that, especially at college. You don't have guys typically that patient. They're just, they're just full steam ahead and see what hits. But my goodness, that kid, he sat back there. He just kind of stood and waited a couple seconds and then found his hole and, and left. It was right? about to eat it. <laughs> now, you guys traveled to North Carolina this week. Next week, you have the long trip out to Utah to play Utah Tech. Uh, and then you'll close the year with three really tough games Austin P, Central Arkansas, and Stephen F. Austin. Of course, we'll get to each of those games as we get to them as well. But two games on the road. Does that change? How much does that change your schedule uh, over these next two weeks with having the trip to North Carolina? and then the trip to Utah.
1: It really just changes our, our Fridays. We still practice the same way each week, but uh, it switches up when we travel and uh, when when we need to get to the hotels and stuff. So I would, I would say it really just changes one day. It really just depends where you're going, where you're traveling, how many people you're bringing. Yeah.
2: A uh, couple things real quick that have hit the Twitterverse already today. Wow. First of all, 25 minutes ago, uh, announced on Twitter by Joe Schlarman uh, uh, that he is committed to EKU. Offensive yeah. lineman, uh, of course, related to the great uh, offensive line coach Schlarman from University of Kentucky, uh, who mm-hmm. Coach Wells worked with as well, uh, passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, so Joe Schlarman has announced his commitment to EKU to play for EKU. That's, uh, that's a pretty big thing, especially around here as he's been at, in Lexington uh, playing high school ball. Uh, At Lexington Catholic. So that's that's a pretty big deal and exciting news uh, there as well. Again, a lot of connection with Coach Wells. And then there was another one and I and I lost it. Uh, Let's see if I can find it real quick. But uh, a pretty good wide receiver that committed today as well to EKU. So a lot of things happening in the recruiting world uh, for the Colonels uh, as well. I'm not going to be able to find who that was, so it doesn't matter. We'll find it another Welcome day. Welcome to the family. But yeah, we got some guys adding, and it's some some pretty high level talent as well coming up from the high school level uh, in the future years to EKU. So that's exciting. Exciting stuff happening. Uh, well, hopefully, you get a chance to try out those loaded fries. Um, that sounds phenomenal. <laughs> <on> my soul <laughs> sounds. I got to try. <laughs> uh, we're excited to see the revenge game, and uh, and hoping uh, well for everyone. Uh I'm hoping some of these guys get healthy, too. Um, I'd like to see a few of these guys that haven't been on the field much lately. Um, we don't, again, the university doesn't give us any injury updates, and I don't put Ryan into that role. I uh, don't want to throw him under the bus and get him in trouble. So we don't ask him those questions either. Uh, but uh, overall, the team has been able to stay relatively healthy, and uh, hoping to see a couple of guys back on the field soon as well. But you guys head down to Gardner Web this weekend. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff. Uh, they're in North Carolina and uh, night game in North Carolina. shouldn't be cold though there. I wouldn't think.
1: No, but the, the night games are the, are the worst on the road <laughs> because you have to not win, lose, draw. You have to wait hours and then you have to drive back hours. Yeah. Those worst games.
2: <laughs> well, how about this? Utah tech the next week, eight o'clock kickoff. It's gracious. <laughs> um, which local time would be like six o'clock. I 6 think o'clock. Uh, back in Utah time. Uh, but nonetheless, but you guys get to fly uh, on that Mm, one, Uh, so that'll be that'll be a fun, fun adventure for you guys, uh, out there, and first time probably for a lot of guys, um, out to Utah. I wouldn't think Mm. a lot of guys that play in the southeast go to Utah a whole lot, so um, definitely be my (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about that more next week, though. I want to say thank you, uh, to our guest, Braden Sloan, and congrats to him, UAC Offensive Player of the Week, and then as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Nick Cheely for coming on. We appreciated that. Thank you to Alex uh, for helping us get those lined up also. And uh, of course, always thanks to Ryan for his part uh, and impact on the show. Ryan, having more and more people every week commenting uh, about uh, how you, how good a job you're doing on the program and uh, and excited for you. And it was fun. I got to chat with your your family a little bit this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. After the game, me and your dad walked out of the stands together. Uh, And talked for a little bit. Got to meet your mom and everything, too. So uh, always enjoy uh, them and their support of the program, even before you were on the show, uh, uh, supporters of the program. So we always appreciate that, too. All right, man. We're going to call it a night. Anything else you want to talk about, Ryan, before we go?
1: No, I'm all right. Got to get ready for tomorrow. Bloody Tuesday. Bloody Tuesday. (laughs) All
2: right. uh, Thanks to IPM Pest and Termite, All Around Roofing, and Righteous Felon for their support of the program. Go to righteousfelon.com. Use code STOVE15 for 15% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.